Welcome to First 100K, the show where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, digging deep to find the tools, tactics, and superpowers that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida, where I have the privilege of helping hundreds of entrepreneurs to make their first $100,000. Today, our featured guest is courageous entrepreneur Morgan Wright. Now, Morgan Wright comes to us with this amazing background, different from pretty much all my guests so far. So Morgan is a former state trooper and detective. He now is an internationally recognized expert on cybersecurity strategy, cyber terrorism, identity theft, and privacy. And I'm just going to hit one or two la- uh, highlights here. Morgan's landmark testimony before Congress on healthcare.gov changed how the government collected personal identifiable identifiable information. So that's changed everything, the entire platform of cybersecurity. This is the man on the show right here, right now. Now, even though his background, cybersecurity, state trooper, detective, Morgan's going to talk to us. Um, He's going to change the speed a little bit and talk to us. How does that all apply to you as the small business owner struggling to make your first $100,000? And it really is going to come down to well, I'm going to hold it for Morgan. Morgan, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you. Thank you. Hey, by the way, I do have a connection to Tampa. 2012, I was the senior law enforcement advisor for the Republican National Convention. So I spent a lot of time between Tampa and St. Pete um, going for six months going down there. I went down to CENTCOM for briefings, you know, worked with the FBIC, all that good stuff, you know, getting ready for the, I didn't realize how much stuff was in prep. So that was actually good for me. So, hey, uh, no, first of all, thank you for being on. Uh, we got connected through Aaron Walker. And this is one of the reasons, this is why stuff like this is so important because it really, it's about relationships. It's about connections. And look, I had no choice. Uh, January 30th, 2012, um, we got through, I was an executive at Alcatel-Lucent, a big technology company. I'd just come from Cisco where I'd spent seven years running global programs. I was used to having the corporate resources, the big team, the company credit card, you know, all the support systems I needed. And then we laid off 347 people. And then it was like, time to jump into the water, pal. I mean, what do you do? Uh, So I just sit and think, I'd always done some entrepreneurial stuff. I'd always done some side stuff, but I never had to rely on it. It was like fun. And now my hobby had to become my lifeline, had to become my business. So, and I, you know, I, uh, we, I live in the richest county in the United States, Loudoun County, Virginia. Our median income is 125,000. So making 100K wasn't like, oh, that's, that's, everybody out here makes 100K, but now you have to do it for yourself. So now the question was, how do I take what I know and what I do and start building a business around it? So that, that was one of my first challenges is I actually took off, waited till about March, you know, and started thinking about stuff, say, what am I going to do? I dabbled, you know, I did a startup that didn't work out. I tried doing my own stuff. I was always able to maintain, but to really kind of break that barrier to say, how can I do consistently this stuff? I had to sit back and say, what do I do and what am I good at? And awesome. focus on building that app. Cool. So let's pause there for a second and we're going to kind of get into that story and, and let you share with our audience here. But before we do, take a minute and share with us something personal that very few people in your business life know about you. Probably, um, I would say one of the most uh, formative things that makes that inspires a lot of what I'm doing now because I'm focusing a lot now. I'm taking a lot of this work on cybersecurity and my technical and technology knowledge and applying it to the area of social media and the impact on teens and kids. And probably what a lot of people don't know is uh, there's two types of calls you never want to go on as a police officer. And that's an officer down and a baby not breathing. 
Mm. And um, I got sent to a house one morning. My daughter was about the same age as the kid. And uh, it was an 18 month old baby, happened to be the granddaughter of the secretary of the highway patrol. And I uh, did CPR on her for 45 minutes and uh, she, she died. And that was probably one of the most impactful things. So I have a, cops have a soft spot for kids. And so, you know, that's when people say, you know, why do you care about this stuff? And I like to tell people, I've been there for all four stages of life, when life has been given, when it's been lost, when it's been taken, and when it's been saved. And all of those have an impact on people. So that's not a story I tell a lot. It's a paper I wrote for a college class I was in. But that event uh, back in 1990, 91, still has a tremendous impact in what I believe my mission is now and what I go out and do. What is your mission, if you had to say it uh, really briefly? You know, I've started changing. And so now it's, it's really about um, when I started doing the research and started looking at the link between the increase in teen suicide and self-harm and the increase in social media. Mm. I don't want to say that there's causation yet, but there's a lot of correlation. In other words, homicide rates have dropped. Kids are twice as safe today as they were in 1980. They're wow. actually, the murder rate is lower today than it was in 1960. But yet, if you look at the news, everybody's, you know, and obviously the Parkland shooting, you have these things that are concentrated in one area and people want to take and extrapolate and say, well, society's, you know, going down the tubes, everything, we were such a violent society. Actually, it's the opposite way. We're not a violent society. We've become less violent over time. But what we've done is the increase in social media, the girls age 10 to 14 since 2010 have seen a 320% increase in suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, 127% for boys. Um, uh, I mean, it's just this. So anyway, I made that, I started looking at that and I say, what, what am I going to do now that when I wake up in the morning, I now have a mission. It's not just, Hey, I'm excited to do something. This one is a mission. And so this is how I'm reinventing myself. And this is how I'm going to get to my next hundred K, which is I'm turning this back around. I'm going to start building the tools that I think parents need, the types of discussions. And um, I just became an official contributor for the hill.com. My first official article actually went live yesterday and it was about, um, the unintended consequences of social media. We talked about the shooter in Florida and some of the things he had access to, everything from Instagram to YouTube to the negative influences. So the premise kind of is if somebody who's mentally ill and has a weapon is bad, then somebody who's mentally ill with a weapon that has unfiltered access to harmful social media can't be any better. So I'm not wow. addressing the gun issue and that becomes a very political thing, sure. but I am addressing the issue of what kind of tools can we give parents so they can better understand what their kids are seeing, what they're doing, and help them start using the tools that the technology has to prevent against these types of things? Because, um, look, uh, kids are killing themselves at a higher rate than they have in 36 years. Yeah, and I think that's a powerful mission you got there, Morgan. Seriously, that's a huge why. And to your point, it's like uh, we as a society have uh, – we've lessened the amount of harm we're doing to each other. And unfortunately we've increased the amount of harm we're doing to ourselves. Yep. And that that's, and, and the youth are the ones that always get the hit, you know, the brunt of society, right? Um, because they're learning, they're still figuring themselves out. They don't have their identity yet. So um, they normally get the brunt of it. Well, uh, right. just a real quick, yeah, just sure. let me make a final point here. And it's, it's when I say it's interesting only from a research standpoint, when you look at, the homicide rate for kids one to four and five to nine, which is how the Centers for Disease Control breaks it down. Over the past 30 years, it's been very consistent. Even though our population go up, the murder rate, the rate per thousand, 100,000 has kind of stayed the same. 
except when you go now from ages five to nine to 10 to 14, you see this huge thing go up instead of just, hey, what's well, 10 to 14? This, there is a huge line between, there were only the highest number of suicides in my research that I found for kids five to nine in one year was only 10. Now that's 10 too many, but then you turn that, that goes from that 10 and the same, the same kids, now when they become into that next age group, 10 to 14, it literally goes off the charts. And so that's why I started looking at say, why the cause? So mm -hmm. that's the reason why is that, look, we, we've got, we're just as safe as we were those years ago, except to your point, and I like the way you say that, we've quit doing harm to our, uh, to in between us, we've started doing more harm to ourselves. And where, the, where that rise happened, it started happening in 2000. We had an 18-year decline in the suicide rate for boys and girls ages mm -hmm. from 10 to 19. But in 2007, guess what? Started climbing back up again. What else came out in 2007? Facebook, Twitter, yeah. 2010. You I get it. And I, I know you're not quick to jump to you know conclusions as far as causation, like you said, like we're going to blame it all on social media. However, I definitely, in my own opinion, think you're onto something there because when we look at the highlights of other people's lives and we don't see the struggles yep. we think that it's all we're perfect. Not, yeah. yeah we think we're not good enough there's something wrong with us and kids are thinking there's something wrong with them so there must be something better on the other side spot so on i mean i have exactly. i have literally heard these kids do it um i have you know there's people within my co-working space that their best friend who's 23 years old literally just took his life and left a, a suicide letter behind saying these exact things there's got to be something better on the other side because this world just doesn't work right and i have a whole other podcast called broken catholic where we have right. these discussions let's bring this all the way back, back. i love back. your mission i love it let's talk business here why do you think that 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100K? Why are they stopped there? Why don't they not break through? Because um, they, they, they subscribe too much to the set point. You got a thermometer in your, uh, you got a thermostat, right? In your co-working space, right? So, and in Tampa, <laughs> when it gets warm, right? What happens when it gets warm? The AC kicks in and then it gets to a certain point and what happened? It kicks off and it comes back. I think too many people, and I, and I learned this from Darren Hardy. I went through his... Uh, uh, high performance uh, forum. And, and, but the one thing that stuck with me, and I think this is what affects 90% of people, they reach that set point. They get up there and they say, I don't think I'm entitled to that much success. You know, I'm at 70,000. I just can't, I can't, I don't see how I can get to that, that hundred thousand. So they reach the set point because that's where they're comfortable at. So do you believe it's limiting, do you believe it's limiting belief systems that hold them oh, back? Oh yeah, absolutely. I look, um, this, I, I'm trying to do this without it. Look, I, I've been doing stuff for Fox News, Fox Business, Sirius XM, now the Hill contributor. I've got a ton of media exposure. And so people think, oh man, things must be great. You know, it's like, no, you know what? I, I write an article or I do something and I go back and I critique myself. I say, if I say this, I mean, somebody's, you know, there are people, smarter people out there than me. I mean, who am I to be saying this stuff? Or, you know, it's like testifying before Congress. Why'd you pick me? I'm just a little farm boy from Kansas. And so, I think we, you know, and if you think about this too, and then even as adults, even though we should be better at filtering out, when I go on social media and I see people posting pictures of their vacation, we're having fun here. We're in the Bahamas. Oh, life is so perfect. My kids can do no wrong. They're the honor. That, and then you start looking at you go, well, there's their life and there's my life. It even reinforces that imposter syndrome even more. It's kind of like, well, I'm not that good enough. I, I'm not entitled to make $100,000. And I'll tell you where I've run into it myself is I'll be online and I'm taking Amy Porterfield's course right now called Webinars That Convert because I want to build this up. And I'm sitting listening to her and I'm going, 
I'm, I'm as smart as her. I can do, I can talk as good as she can. I can build courses like she can. And yet she's making seven figures, you know, a year doing this stuff. And I'm going, why do I feel like if I make a million dollars, somehow that's wrong? Mm. Isn't you know? that interesting? Yeah. To go back to your uh, earlier point, right? Comparing ourselves, right? There's a great quote. I live by comparison is the thief of joy. Absolutely. The second, and, and here, you know, people are like, how do I be happy, Joseph? Like, if you want to be happy, compare to those who have less than you mm -hmm. and you'll be happy or compare to your past and how far you've come and you'll feel happy. If you compare to that unknown ideal future where you want to be and you look at how far you have to go or how you're not there yet, you're going to feel unhappy. If you compare to others whose life look perfect, look perfect, you're going to feel unhappy. So yep. I think happiness is completely tied into that comparison. So um, our audience loves contacts. Um, Morgan, you, you mentioned earlier, hey, I, here's how I'm going to make my next 100K. So that's a, an assumption. You're already doing the 100K with your current business. How much revenue approximately uh, did you bring in in the last 12 months between all your different products, services, et cetera? Um, let's see. Well, actually, my taxes are sitting over here right now. I haven't even looked at it. I tell you, it's one of those things. I just... Um, I would say in the last three years, I've averaged probably over 250. Um, okay. um, and so I'm waiting to see. This year went down a little bit. Part of it, or this last year went down a little bit. Why? Because I'm making changes. And so sometimes you take that hit to focus yeah. on building that. I get a lot of stuff from keynote speaking. Um, I do a lot of keynotes. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, that helps. That kind of is a bridge. But the goal is the goal is, is to find that next level. And actually, um, one of the projects I'm working on this year that if it comes through, it deals with brokering identity theft. Uh, but I just don't go out. Uh, I may, maybe part of my downfall too, is I go out and hunt white whales sometimes cause I'm not afraid of it. It's like, I love doing the big stuff. Um, there's an opportunity had this other opportunity come through. I kind of got hosed by a big company whose name I won't mention, but they bought an identity theft company. Uh, based on my research. And I actually talked to lawyers about this. Do I have mm -hmm. a suit? Uh, I actually mm -hmm. spent quite a bit of time. Um, I mean, that robbed me of a few million dollars and that pissed me off. I it literally, that my revenue per year would have been in the millions mm. had this gone through. Cause I would have had access to 40 million consumers mm -hmm. with these services. I would have had a share of all the revenue that went out. I showed them anyway. So, you know, what do you do? You just suck it up, you know, you suck uh, it up. You suck it up, you know, and it's one of the things, if we spend all our time going, what if, you know, if, if only, if only, well, one of my favorite sayings, if worms have machine guns, birds wouldn't screw with them. I mean, you can what if all day long, you know? <laughs> I've never heard that saying, but that's a great visual. Yeah. And, and, you know, startup nation, listen to what Morgan's saying right here. There's going to be times where people are going to do you wrong. Life's going to do you wrong. You're going to feel cheated, right? Mm -hmm. Get back up. Look at the positive in it. How do you find silver lining in a situation like Morgan, right? Where he gives this advice to this big corporate giant. They take his advice, they box him out, they profit from it, and they cut him out of the profits. How does he get back up from that? It's like, well, you know, think about that for a second. It's like Morgan created that opportunity, that new possibility. He created it from nothing for them. Granted, they cut him out, but that means he's capable. That means he's capable of doing another new opportunity mm -hmm. and another new opportunity and the right people are going to be attracted into his life and he's going to win, win big time. So let go of those things. Keep moving forward. Morgan, what are you on track for in the next 12 months? What's the goal as far as revenue? You're at 250 um, now. What are you going for? Oh, actually, I have a goal. I just came back. I'll tell you one of the biggest things too. This helps get into the goals. 
you folks out there, you need to do something that helps you set the tone for the year. Uh, a friend and I went down to Nashville and went to Michael Hyatt's Best Year Ever. And we create, I mean, basically it's having that structure, it's having that plan, and then work the plan. So the goal for this year is to double revenue. Got That's it. So you're going for 500000 this year, half yeah. a million. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, what would you say is your superpower in business? Communication. One, say it again. Communication. Okay. Let's get into that because I, you and I spoke off camera here. Um, talk to us about the importance of communication uh, for an entrepreneur who's struggling to make their first 100K. If you can't tell your idea to somebody else, if, if you think it's all about the little widget you create or the little service you have, you're wrong. It's 10% product, 90% sales and marketing. Sales and marketing is the art of communication. In fact, uh, I have a book back here in my bookshelf. I've actually been quoted in a couple of New York Times bestsellers. One of them is by Carmine Gallo. I would read anything from Carmine Gallo for you folks out there. C-A-R-M-I-N-E, Gallo, G-A-L-L-O. Been a longtime friend of mine. He writes a lot of books about communication. He teaches communications. He has interviewed Richard Branson, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett. You take all of these people. The key that they say, in, and working with startups and big companies like Sequoia Capital say, when startups come in, what are we looking for? Communication. Be able to communicate to me a vision of what, did you, what is it you're going to do. Get excited about it. Convince me. Actually, don't convince me. Tell me a story. Facts tell, story sell. Tell me a story. And actually, the one uh, book that I'm quoted in was uh, his book about uh, the nine secrets of TED speakers, how to talk like TED. He went through and analyzed all the great TED Talks. Folks, I'm telling you, communication. You don't have to be the greatest engineer in the world. You don't have to be the greatest uh, widget maker. But if you can't not, if you cannot create a message, a compelling narrative that tells people a story, you'll never get anywhere in business. Uh, it doesn't matter. I've seen, I've seen people, and this is how I make my living. This is how I get a lot of my branding. I get it through the stuff I do for Fox News, over 400 appearances, testifying before Congress. I have three minutes and not even three minutes. I get sound bites. I have to be able to take complex things, turn them into sound bites so that people can instantly grasp them and say, how does this, how does this affect me? How does it affect my life? And if I'm telling you right now, invest in communication, invest in understanding the written word and the spoken word. This will elevate your career and 10 exit whatever it is you're doing. But if you can't speak it and if you can't in fact great story last thing and then i'll one of the things i do is i take a breath and i keep talking but it was at it was at uh, i think it was ge jack welch had an engineer came in and they were talking about this very complex thing and the guy starts talking he says i don't get it tell it to me like kind of like i'm a sixth grader and he says well it's too complicated you don't un don't understand it he says that's why you're never going to get ahead and that's basically why this product is never going to sell think about apple and how marvelous steve jobs did when he introduced the iPhone or the uh, uh, the, the uh, iPod, it was a thousand songs in your pocket. When he introduced the MacBook Air, the world's thinnest notebook, Twitter, Twitter, uh, Twitter friendly headlines. So get your communication game on, elevate your communication, even above writing copy. You can find a lot of people to write copy, but at the end of the day, you are responsible for being the keeper of the purpose or the deliverer of the, deliverer of the message. Deliverer, is that a right word? It is now, Morgan. We deliverer. create words on this it's show. It's strategy and deliverer. Right. <laughs> so, Morgan, um, for uh, you know, one of my listeners out there that's saying to themselves right now, Morgan, that sounds easy for you, but I suck at communication. I've never been a good at communication. What do I do? 
Well, first of all, call the ambulance because quit crying about it. This is a skill you need to develop. Go invest in yourself. If you don't invest in yourself, I'm telling you right now, as entrepreneurs, as solopreneurs, nobody else is too. Nobody has ever come by my house and said, hey, I've got a spare $100,000. I'd like to give you personal development. You did, they don't do it. You are responsible for your own personal development. I will tell you above everything else, figure out communication first. Figure out how to talk, how to speak, how to influence people through. It's not just being passionate. I can be passionate about the wrong things, but it's the communication piece of this. It's what journey are you taking people on? So for you guys out there who don't think you can do it, number one, you're wrong. Number two, have you ever told a joke you know, to somebody? You've told a story to somebody? Forget facts. Start being a storyteller. Think about how we used to sit around the campfire and tell stories. Get back to that storytelling aspect. And when people say, hey, uh, you know, uh, give me some facts. Now, let me tell you a story instead. Get, talk about emotion. Talk about impact. But this, it's up to you to invest in yourself. If you don't do it, uh, you have no excuse then to come back and complain about why you're not breaking and getting your first 100K. Just, just no excuses. Got it, Morgan. So describe to us real briefly uh, a time when you sucked at communicating. Because I'm guessing there was a time you know, before you got good at it and polished and you did all the personal development. Like, tell us uh, that story. Yeah. Um, you know, I did debate and what they called in high school is called forensics. And so I started speaking at an early age, but you know what? I was taught, I started talking about communication, but one of the things I didn't do good at was communicating with other people. Uh, growing up, uh, kind of a dysfunctional family, parents were alcoholics, you know, we, I never got good at communicating with people. I got good at communicating to people. Yeah. And so there's a huge difference. And that's, it's taken a lot of years, you know, to learn that. So I would say I continue to suck at that. I mean, that is a constant area of suckiness and you just got to work on it. There's another word we just created. So uh, uh, strategery, deliverer and uh, suckiness. suckiness. But hey, look, uh, that's okay. Make up. But uh, no, I, it's, it's, I still struggle with that today. Um, and it's tough to talk with people and really be authentic and transparent because everybody's guarded. And especially after you come out of law enforcement and some of the work I used to do uh, with the state department overseas, you become very guarded because it comes about privacy. So the ability to find that group of friends where you can be authentic and transparent um, is going to be very helpful in terms of your ability to communicate with people as opposed to just speaking at them. I think that's a powerful point you just hit on. I actually uh, just got into my first car accident uh, two days ago uh, in my life ever. Um, some ladies swung, uh, made a left in front, T-boned her. Um, both are fine. Both drivers are fine. So praise Good. God for that. Uh, the sheriff that uh, came out to the scene, we were just chatting as he's writing the report. And I said, you know, what's it like um, going home every night? Like, how do you shut off what you see every day? And he goes, it's not easy. He's like, I want to thank the best of people. But when you're lied to all day long, you naturally think the worst. I was like, so you're naturally like skeptical and cynical, would you say? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And I think in business, Morgan, we can become skeptical and cynical mm -hmm. to the point that it stifles us. It paralyzes us from creating new possibilities with others, from partnering with others, doing joint ventures, because we're looking out. Um, for how are they going to do me wrong? How are they going to screw mm -hmm. me over? Um, what, what's their angle? What's their agenda? What's their motive behind it? It can't be You're good. describing me as a cop, man. Somebody come up and they want to be nice to you. Hey, what's your angle? What are you after? Huh? You know? Yeah, but I think we do it as entrepreneurs yep. too. So Startup Nation, listen to what Morgan's saying right now. Listen to what I'm saying. It's like, you got to let go of that. Mm -hmm. That's part of your past. Create a new you. Create someone who's trusting, right? And that doesn't mean lose your common sense. 
right? You've had the experience, but like take people at their word, ask around about that person, what's their character like? And if they're trustworthy, move forward in new opportunities, create these new possibilities, because I think it's in those partnerships that yep. we win. Uh, Morgan, describe to us your biggest fail, mistake, or setback, um, say your first year in business, if you recall that. Uh, you know what it was? It was just um, arrogance. Um, I thought, hey, I, you know, I've been at Cisco. I've done this. I'm just going to go out and business is just going to walk through the door. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm on Fox. I'm on this. People know who I am. You're just, people are just going to roll over and give me money. And then I found out they didn't. You know, it's, I have to go work for this stuff. I mean, I got to go out and do something. I have to put myself out there. And so I started learning. I think the biggest failure was, and I've actually talked with friends of mine who have left government going into the private sector to say there is a huge transition you know, when you go into the private sector. So um, I think part of that was just the arrogance of going, um, do, do you know who I am? Why aren't people just laying down checks on my desk? <laughs> I was shocked. I had to go out and work for this now. So what was the internal dialogue going on in your head at that moment? Like what were the voices that, that you were hearing? Because well, like reality wasn't was, showing up the way you thought. Yeah, for a while it says, guess what? This is the some of your fears are realized it's like imposter syndrome magnified. It's like, I'm getting paid what I'm worth now, which is nothing. Mm. Nobody wants me. And I realized I was doing a bad job of marketing myself. You know, I was doing a bad job of communicating, Hey, here's how we can work together. And what I was really bad at doing initially was understanding what's the problem I can help you solve. You know, in other words, I stayed working with some of the bigger companies because that's where a lot of my history was and where I was comfortable at. And so a lot of my initial clients were, were, excuse me, big companies like Cisco and Symantec. And um, I do some stuff. I'm a senior fellow at the Center for Digital Governance. So I work routinely with the Verizons and the ATTs of the world and Thomson Reuters. And, and I, you know, so I realized is that, you know, what I was doing is I was worried more about me and I needed to start saying, how can I help you as opposed to how can you help me? So how can I help you? And the, the ability to sit down, have that communication start diving deeper. And one of the big, I'll tell you one book, if folks want to read it out there, it comes from another buddy of mine, Christopher Lockett. It's called Play Bigger. And this is about creating category, category design. But one of the things you have to fundamentally do is find the problem in the market nobody's thought about solving or solve for a problem nobody thinks they can. And that's what I specialize in with a lot of my bigger clients. I have a very large client right now called Crown Castle. They're a real estate investment trust. These folks, this is very unknown to them about how to go to market and how to do these things. And so, but I spent most of my time is spent talking about them, not about me. The danger initially was, hey, listen to me. I'm great. I'm such an expert. I do this. And you know what I found at the end of the day? Nobody cared. Isn't that the truth? Startup Nation, listen to the wisdom bomb that Morgan just dropped on you right there. Boom. Morgan, how many hours per week would you say you were putting into your business the first year? By the way, this is my mascot. This is this one when I do my Facebook lives, you'll see Jack Bauer. Remember Jack Bauer from 24? Well, this is the other Bauer, B-O-W-E-R. This is Jack Morgan's Bauer. police dog if you're not on video yeah. right now. So yeah. describe to us how many uh, hours, how many hours were you putting in per week into um, your communication, into rebranding yourself and really getting into how can I help other people solve their problems? Yeah, one of the lessons I learned is uh, for me, I have too much ADD going on. Um, I chase squirrels a lot. If there's a shiny object, I'll be in China tomorrow morning trying to chase it down. So I've had to get to structure. And part of that structure is I needed to get, dedicate a certain amount of time to my working time. So um, I actually have it. It's right here on my planner. Some of you folks that are on audio can't see this. You folks on video, 
there it is right there in there is an entire regimen for what my startup routine is every morning. In fact, I've got it right there. I go through that every morning, what I, my startup routine is, what my work startup routine, uh, shut down routine at night and then shut down routine in the evening. And I'll tell you, um, I find that I'm not working more hours. You know what I'm doing? I'm doing a better job of working the hours that I've blocked to make available and becoming more productive. Because the thing is, um, I learned this lesson a long time ago too. If you burn the candle at both ends, you burn out twice as fast. Mm -hmm. uh, not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to sit here. It's not a badge of honor to be up at two o'clock in the morning and say, I'm really crunching on this project. My first response is, you're being very inefficient with your time during the day. Are you wasting a bunch of time on Facebook? Are you worried about what the latest tweet is? Are you worried about running out and polishing your shoes for the fifth time? Or I just got to run to the coffee shop and do stuff. Guys, hey, look, this is, this is not easy work. It's tough work. I, I find it gets tougher. The more I want to do, the tougher it is to get to that next level. But if I don't do the work, nobody's going to come in and do it for me. Like I said, I learned that lesson when checks did not fly onto my desk and I was just simply cashing them, sitting back and going, ah, well, life is good. It's tough work. But I'll tell you what, if you can become better at structuring your day. So on average, uh, I'll start my day around 530. I mean, 5, 530, I'll get up. But I have a set routine. Um, I try and exercise six days a week. So I have that built in. So um, I don't overdo it. I mean, there are times where you have stuff that has to get done because it's time sensitive. But then during the summers, a lot of times I'll get down to the point where I'm taking Fridays off because it's like, you know, I, I don't need to have a mansion. I don't need to have a, a, a Tesla in my driveway. I've got three vehicles that are all paid off. The, old, the, the newest vehicle is a 2003. So we have a Lexus and Expedition, and I've got a 2000 Camaro. It's only got 70,000 miles on it. It's wicked cool. It's got brand new tires. You should see it. But, I mean, it's like you got to be happy with what you are, but I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing this work for the sake of work, I'm doing it because I enjoy it, but I, you've got to keep it narrowed down. You have to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is life is more important. Nobody ever goes to their grave going, gee, if I'd only spent more hours at the office, you know, Steve Jobs actually said it best. Steve Jobs kind of a checkered past, but if you listen to one of the best things you folks out there can listen to is go find on YouTube, his Stanford commencement speech. And he said, he said, being the richest guy in the cemetery is not a goal in life. Mm-hmm. I think that's well said. Whoever dies with the most toys actually loses yep. because what did they have to sacrifice to get them? That's what it comes down to. Now, Morgan, you've dropped a ton of business advice here. What is the best business advice you've ever received? George Elliott, it's never too late to become what you might've been. Mm. I, I actually have this written. You, you folks on audio can't see this, obviously. It's written on my wall. I keep it here. I look at it every day. And so all the people say, well, I'm just too old or I'm just, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, mental toughness, you know, you just got to just another thing I have up here is just do the work, just ship. It's a combination of Michael Hyde and Seth Godin says, just ship, just get it done and get it out there. So the best business advice, I, I, don't, I don't know if I've got one piece of advice from somebody, but you know, as I listen to everybody, you know what it boils down to? It's all about persistence and perseverance. Because if, if, how tragic would it be if you stopped? Think about, think about the Super Bowl. How tragic would it be if the runner running in for the game-winning play stopped at the one-yard line and said, I'm oh, sorry, I just can't get it over the line. I'm just not – you know. Just think how you – know, you know how many gold uh, mines have been missed simply by a matter of feet? It's actually proven. They did this thing called challenge-driven innovation. And a company, this is kind of a great point too, a company decided rather than keeping all this data secret, we shared it with the world. 
And so this mining company in Canada shared it with the world. They had scientists, they had Russian uh, physicists, I mean, all, people all over the world looking at this. And they said, if you can help us, we'll give you a percentage of it. A guy took that, did a new type of analysis and found that one of their mines was literally feet away from what would have been a bigger gold vein. They went back and guess what? They found it. They were literally feet short, but they never would have found it if they had not stead, stood back, become vulnerable and transparent and said, here's our data. We need some help with this. Startup Nation, Startup Nation, listen to Morgan again. So valuable. You could be literally feet away from the life that you want to create for yourself. Feet away. Are you going to stop at the goal line and throw up your hands in defeat and excuses? Or are you going to have the mental toughness Morgan is speaking about and just push through? Just make it happen and ask for help when you don't know what to do next. People want to help. Morgan, you shared a bunch of really cool uh, habits that you do with the journaling in the morning and everything and just structuring your day. Um, what would you say, because you mentioned, and I want to just tie this all in in a nice bow, you mentioned communication is the number one thing that an entrepreneur should go invest in, invest yep. in yourself and your communication. What would be um, an app, a website, digital resource that you would point out to our, our nation of startup uh, entrepreneurs to go, to go improve and invest in their communication. The first thing, they're, they're seven-year-old level. I don't know how to communicate. What's that first thing you're going to point them to? I would point them to a website. Again, uh, I, I get no money from this guy. He's a good friend of mine, Carmine Gallo, gallocommunications.com. If you go through there, all the books he's written about communication, about he's got some new ones coming out he's interviewed all the people who have made billions of dollars and they will attribute all of these folks you know what they say they attribute their success to even when you look at fortune 500 is their ability to communicate that's what differentiates people who almost make it from people who do make it and i i mean it's like there's not a book of his that I wouldn't buy and read everything from the presentation secrets of Steve Jobs, the innovation secrets of Steve Jobs, uh, the nine secrets of Ted, you know, how to talk like Ted. He's got, like I said, all of these books on communication coming out. He does the research. He looks at this. And, and the other thing too is get back to reading. I think most entrepreneurs don't spend enough time reading. Part of my routine every morning is 30 minutes. I've got an iPad back here. Uh, iPad Pro, but I have a ton of books over here too. I read physical books. Tim Ferriss has got some great books out that I'd like to dive into and read from a physical standpoint because they're just loaded with stuff and there's something good about that. So Gallo Communications, uh, a couple things by Tim Ferriss. I would say, you know what? No matter what it is, just pick one thing and start with that. At least what's the next step? The biggest thing I would say too, uh, Joe, I would tell people you, to get a life skill that will really carry you forward anything that comes from David Allen. He is the inventor of getting things done, GTD, so gettingthingsdone.com. He is the master at this. In fact, one of the guys I think you might have been introduced to do, Jamie J, is doing a podcast interview with David Allen. He is the productivity guru and his philosophy about life and the way you do things. This, it's two important things I would say, gallocommunications.com and gettingthingsdone.com. There will always be apps come and go, but philosophies will underpin what you do for the rest of your life. Love it. And Morgan, what would you say is the one thing that you want the world to know about being successful in business? Um, that is an excellent question. You know what? Quit worrying about everybody else. Quit comparing yourself to everybody else. 
look at what, do what you can, where you are with what you have. I mean, there are so many great sayings from Winston Churchill to even Jim Rohn, you know, to Zig Ziglar. There's a reason these people have all been great because they were masters at, masters at communication. You know, and I'll tell you, think about Winston Churchill. How, how much different World, World, World War II would have been and the Allies and history if Winston Churchill had been a poor communicator. So, you know, I just, just, uh, you just gotta, you just gotta believe in yourself. Quit worrying about everybody else comparing yourself to other people is a flawed strategy. Cause guess what? When you go talk to them and if you were to dive inside their covers, guess what? They're just as scared as everybody else. Amen you know, so, to that. Yep. So Startup Nation, if you're joining us, we're speaking with Morgan Wright. He's an author, analyst, speaker, strategist. This guy is awesome. I love, I love this interview. This is a fantastic interview. If you'd like to find out more about Morgan, go to morganwright.us. That's Morgan, W-R-I-G-T-G-H-T <laughs> dot U-S. Uh, Morgan, we're headed into my favorite part, um, the final, the hustle right. round. Uh, this is where I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Do not overthink it. Just say the first thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? Ready. Here we go. Morgan, what's your favorite sound? Uh, banjo. What's your least favorite sound? Nails on a chalkboard. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? A cop. What are you most afraid of? Failure. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Believing that, uh, believing my own legend. <laughs> what secret fear do you have about people? Uh, sincerity. Mm -hmm. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? Uh, get over your ego. What is a new habit that you want to form? Consistent workout. What is a bad habit you want to break? Uh, poor dieting. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, mission, country, honor. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Uh, delusional, arrogant, and entitled. Got it. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. He loved his family. He loved his country. Fantastic. And last question, Morgan. If you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Never, ever doubt yourself. Believe in yourself because nobody else is going to. Excellent. Morgan, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, you heard, you got it. Morgan Wright, my name, dot US. I'm on Twitter at Morgan Wright underscore US. Uh, look, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm all over the, the place. Just Google my name. Um, if you can't find me, you're not trying hard enough, and I will revoke your internet privileges if you say I couldn't find you. Look, I'm out there. So, but I, I like Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, um, LinkedIn. I take all the uh, connections that come in, and I've got a professional page on the uh, uh, Facebook as well. So, Morgan Wright, just put Morgan Wright into Facebook, Twitter, and then Morgan Wright dot US. Uh, you can find me easily that way. And are, is there a uh, certain project that you're working on right now that you want to tell Startup Nation about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's this project that I'm working on. I've been doing interviews. So uh, one of the things Startup Nation you guys can do too is read a book called The Lean Startup by Eric Reese. You, you've got to learn about how to really, if you're going to bring something out, uh, how to get to a minimum viable product, how to do the interviews. Do the work first before you think that you've created something great. So I'm doing interviews right now. Um, on what I'm creating. So I'm working on a toolkit for parents. 
a toolkit that will explain to them this new world of social media, because it is new world. It's less than 10 years old, in a sense. Mm. Um, things that parents don't know that they ought to know, um, how to prepare your children to get their first piece of technology, what the rules of the road are. And, um, and so that's, I'm building a lot of things between that and a workbook and a book. So I've got a new book that I'm going to work on. So and that's, where, that's where, can our, where can our listeners find that project or if they want to learn more about that? It is not, I, I tell you what I will do is um, I actually have, um, I'll send you the link to the lead page that I have uh, where I've actually done some giveaways real quick. So I have a couple, three things that if people want to see, they can see the research I did on this to begin with. Mm -hmm. I have a guide to parental controls on iOS. A lot of parents don't even know that they can actually control the uploading and downloading of apps and uh, what websites their kids have access to. And then the other one I have was, unfortunately, uh, I put it out the same day as the Parkland, Florida shooting, mm. but it was dealing with, uh, it was dealing with Instagram and the hashtags on Instagram and what parents need to know about uh, self-harm, about suicide and the hidden dangers of the hashtags on Instagram. So I'll send you all of those links when we get done here, but people can go there um, and, and download the reports. And the biggest thing is watch the video on that first one. I interview Bill and Kylie Geither. She's 15 now. She talks about when she was 13, about the harm she was doing to herself. She was cutting mm -hmm. herself, depressed. And it all because of all of this negative influence, constant barrage of bad social media. So uh, changed girl right now. So I'll send you the links and that's where they can find what I'm working on. Then what will happen is eventually I'm going to launch a whole new site, a whole new project that, and I'll have one a platform where everybody can come to. But right now I'm in the development phase. I'm testing this to say, is Got this it. something worthy to build? Got it. So guys, if you want to reach out uh, to Morgan, go to morganwright.us. That's morganwright.us. And you can talk to him about these really amazing projects and his mission. His mission is a meaningful contribution to the world. That's mm -hmm. what we want. Startup Nation, head over to first100k.com for even more tools, tactics, and superpowers that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm your host, and Joseph Warren, and you are made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed right. day, and I'll catch you on the next side. Mm -hmm.